You are listening to My Mind the Podcast, the podcast series where we talk all things mental health. I am Michelle Discane, and to get involved in the discussion, make sure you're following us on our socials. It's My Mind Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So make sure you give us a like and tell us what you think of this week's episode. So today I am joined by my good uni friend, Mike Palmer, who up until a couple of weeks ago, I never knew suffered from mental health disorders. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Mike, if you want to explain to me and uh, the listeners a little yeah. bit about uh, maybe your journey. Oh God, I don't know where to start. I mean, you can be very brief and then we can <laughs> we can talk about it a little bit more. Um, well, I wanted to speak to you about, because I've grown up with body dysmorphia and anxiety for since I was like 10. Uh, so I just I've kind of got to a point now where I feel like it's it's good to talk about it's good Definitely. to try and share your experiences on the off chance it might help someone else and yeah just to kind of show people in my own life that are dealing with similar things just like it's good to talk about it yeah because yeah. I think um something that I definitely noticed was once I kind of became more open about my experiences now that I'm in a good place yeah um people that I know kind of go oh. I've I've felt like this recently or I've I've thought this or and until I started having those conversations about my past because yeah. now I am a lot better than I was I still have my bad days but once I started saying actually I used to have anxiety and OCD and I do still suffer with those but I I can control them other people went oh okay it's okay to talk about this yeah so it's really nice of you to come on the podcast well, today <laughs> I just think I mean obviously not everyone listening is going to know who I am but I know growing up I did a really good job of hiding all of these things from people and like as I've got a bit older and I'm like looking at myself and who I am as a person like you I just want to be putting across who I am as authentically as possible and I don't want these little things that I do to try and hide things like I don't want that in my personality anymore because you end up getting lost in all these little things that you're doing to try and cover up things and then you're not really putting across your best self and that's what I don't want to carry on doing. Yeah, it's interesting talking about hiding it because I definitely hid it. Mm. Um, And as a teenager, so I would say that I've always had anxiety and I would say that my OCD started developing probably when I was about 10, 11. Um, And it became uncontrollable when I was probably about 14. It was when I started doing my GCSEs. Um, But I talk to my friends now who I was friends with in school, best friends with in school, and I'll say to them, about things that I was going through. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, why didn't you why didn't you tell us that? Why yeah. why did you hide it? And they were there for me. We were really close. That we'd talk about everything, but for some reason I just did not feel like I could talk about my mental health. I mean, I just it is a bit more difficult when you're younger because yeah. I think part of the process for me was realizing like I was putting too much focus on the external environment in my life. Like, with the body dysmorphia, you constantly are seeing perceived fools about yourself and you're constantly trying to keep them in check and I'd, like, pick my face a lot. If I got any spots, I'd pick them right off. Like, I had to have this control over it. And then when you're at 14, that's prime age. Like, you're trying to find out who you are and how you fit in with people and, like, how to communicate properly. So you think all of this external stuff is way more important than it really is. And then as I got a bit older, I started, like, figuring out who I was and, like, looking more inside of myself. That's when you kind of like get to a point where you're like, oh, like I don't need to be having all of this control over things that aren't important anyway. It's about who I am as a person, and am I a good person? Am I like bringing something that's going to be benefiting other people and 
that's like the important thing to bring like your authentic self I guess yeah so like it took me a while to realize that I think it's interesting um so if you could I mean in your words maybe explain because everyone's got insecurities everyone's got they're things that they're not necessarily happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the difference between like that and body dysmorphia? So body body dysmorphia is where it can either be like a genuine small flaw that you've picked up on, but you overblow it in your own mind. So okay. it's like all you're looking at or it's all you think other people are looking at. And it's also having like an incorrect view of yourself. So like one of the things that I noticed, because I didn't know I had body dysmorphia as I was going through it at the time. Yeah. And then when I got to about 18, that so hang on, let me take a step back from 18. So when I was 16, I'd lost some weight. because so I was like a bit overweight, nothing really too dramatic, but it was yeah. affecting me. And then I lost all of the weight, but I didn't see any change in how I was looking when I was looking at myself in the mirror or just at myself. So... I went right the other way and was anorexic for a point and I was like a 26 inch waist and it wasn't healthy but I couldn't see that. I still thought I was overweight. Started off trying to control my weight in an unhealthy way so I was eating like a tuna sandwich a day and I dropped all of the weight because at the time like I was young I didn't realise like how to healthy I didn't have any of that knowledge so I was doing what I thought the right thing to do was and I didn't realise that it was fueling this body dysmorphia that I already had because I didn't know I had it at the time. Okay. So then I was too thin, I was massively underweight, really like too skinny, like you could see all my bones. And it was, and my mum was always telling me, and I was like, oh, whatever, like you don't really understand what you're talking about, sort yeah. of thing. And then oh, I you're like, my mum, of course you're going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, stop worrying about me. Because when someone, especially when you have like anorexia or body dysmorphia and these things, when someone approaches you directly about it, your first instinct is to be defensive. Yes. Because I didn't even know I had it, so I was just really defensive and not really realising why. And it wasn't until I got a bit older and I was looking back at photos of me from that time and when I was like 18 and I was like, oh, I can't see anything wrong with me there. Like, I'm, I don't look overweight. I'm not big there. Like, yeah, that's when it was starting to click for me. Like, oh, there's something here about how I'm perceiving myself that isn't how everyone else is perceiving me. And that's when I kind of looked into it. I was like, oh, the, the, that is the issue I've been suffering with yeah. all of this time. And it's interesting that you say about control, because for me... Um, I say that my OCD kind of got an issue when I was 14 and I would say that was very heavily linked with my, uh, I was obsessed with getting good grades in my exams mm-hmm. and my way of kind of controlling a world which I was very quickly losing control of yeah. was to carry out compulsions. I washed my hands excessively. I had a routine that I had to carry out before I could go to sleep. I would tap on walls. I would flick light switches. And all of those things were, for me, about controlling uh, a world which I felt was out of control. Yeah. And it's interesting that my way of kind of control was my OCD. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that you know, a big part of body dysmorphia was about control. Yeah, like, it it was... I've kind of come to realise now it was all about controlling, like, how I was projecting myself to other people, which, obviously, like, how you look is how people externally perceive you. Yeah. And I was just putting a lot of emphasis on that. Like, it was the only thing that mattered. I was like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter who I am and what I'm talking about. What matters is, like, how I'm looking. And I wanted that validation from people. I wanted people to say I looked good or I looked this, that and the other. But even when they did, I didn't feel that way. So you could never even accept a compliment. It was just like this circle that constantly was repeating itself, like a constant cycle. And then, it, you know, that's when I kind of, when I got a bit older, realised, like, oh, for God's sake, like, I'm focusing on the wrong things here. Yeah. Um, and when you're younger, like, you don't really understand communication in the right way. And I was just really focused on trying to be 
uh, everyone's friend in China, like like literally every person's friend, because I didn't realise like there's some yeah. people you're not going to get along with, just such basic things. Yeah. But it, that's what it boiled down to. I was trying to do too much because I thought that's what I should be doing. And if one person didn't like me, that's all I focus on, and it would feel all of this anxiety and all of these issues. And then you know, in reality, you're like, well, that's fine. That person has got their own issues. If someone yes. says something bad to you, they're projecting their own stuff, and you kind of then become a bit more familiar with these dynamics. And you're like, oh, like everyone's got stuff they're going through. Like, you know what I mean? I think the one thing that I've definitely learned as I got older is that you are not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not that doesn't mean that you're a bad person it also doesn't mean that they're a bad person yeah, that's a good thing so to say, one yeah. thing that i really used to do i probably still do it to this extent is oh i don't get on with that person so they're a bitch yeah. oh, i don't get on with that person so they're horrible yeah. like sometimes you just don't click with people and there's a difference between just being civil and like getting on with it and like turning it into an issue yeah and i think because of my own insecurities i've often gone oh, I haven't clicked with that person, so I must be, they must hate me, they must think that yeah. I'm I'm a horrible person, and then I end up hating them, mm-hmm. and actually, as I've got older, I've just gone, our personalities don't click, and that's okay, it's just, it, like, it's, that's fine. Like, that kind of stuff, it stems from, like, an idea of, like, lack, like, you're not enough, like, that's what I would be like, yeah. I would feel like, oh, I'm not enough for, for this person, I'm not good enough, like, I'm not complete, and then like you don't realize that even just that thought process is what's fueling all of this stuff because you feel like you're not enough in some way you feel like you have to be more than what you are and then it wasn't until I started looking at that and realizing like imperfections and all like I love who I am like and you start on that journey to like actually like loving who you are as a person and then that kind of gives you a mindset where you these things have less of an impact on you like because of that yes turning the direction like away from other people who you're like they don't like me or they're doing this or you know like taking that focus away even just from like how you externally look and putting that back inside and figuring out like well why do I feel this way where do these things come from where is the trauma there and once you kind of start to look at that stuff and identify it that really is like the first step to moving forward with it at least it was for me because when I kind of looked at that I was like oh all of this stuff is like in here and like that's stuff that I need to deal with and if I'm out and I'm feeling awkward or anxious, like I'm projecting that into the space and that's why people are going to be not knowing how to interact with me or it might feel a bit weird because I feel uncomfortable. So like you, just, yeah. like, like, you have to feel comfortable in order for it to just be comfortable. Yeah. And I think it's interesting um, thinking back to like when you're growing up and when you're a teenager. And I, I think being in school it is such an intense environment in terms of you are meeting a lot of people every single day. And like we were saying, there are some people you're not, you're not going to get along with. And also in school, there are some people who might make comments and mm-hmm. might... Th- that happens. Yeah. And I think it was interesting, um, the idea of, like, if someone makes a comment to you, especially with you, with your body dysmorphia, yeah. that kind of stuck with you. Mm-hmm. So... I think what I'm trying to uh, maybe ask is like, was there any tips or was there a specific way that you kind of got over those those traumas? I think um, there's a couple of things, I guess. To yeah, say that's about a big it. question. Um, I th- a lot of it was realizing to to not take things so personally. Um, in the in the sense of like when I started to like look at myself and the traumas and why I was projecting these things, you kind of realize well, everyone's human. Everyone has these things or traumas or things that they project about themselves so like I would then realize like I remember when I was about I think I was 15 16 
So when my anxiety was getting really bad with how I looked and my appearance, like I wouldn't uh, be able to go out just wearing a t-shirt. I'd always have to have a coat on even inside. I, I when I started going to parties at that age, I'd always have a shirt on over a t-shirt. It would never come off. Um, because someone made a comment to me when I was like 15 about like not being toned. It was just like someone like a few years above me in school. Comment. A little off comment. I didn't even know the person. It wasn't relevant. And like now I kind of like when you understand a bit more about people and all this stuff, you're like, that person's chose to say something nasty to someone they don't know because they're projecting obviously they're projecting some yeah. insecurity or some issue themselves and then when you kind of get onto that playing field with people you're like you can't take all of these comments from people so personally what you need yeah. to have is a real strong sense of self so these comments don't like become all you're about when they're said to you yeah because if someone says something like that to me now I'd be like I don't care you know what yeah. I mean? like whatever like it doesn't affect me it's not going to affect how I see myself or what I'm doing so like it's kind of getting to that kind of mode of not taking everything so personally and taking on the comments that people make as who you are because that's what I would do so, like people could give me every compliment under the sun and I would never absorb that I'd be like nope that's not I'm not that but yeah. if someone says something negative even if it was just one comment in the whole year that's how I'd be living I'd be living in that bad comment yeah so like I think yeah. one thing that someone said to me, um, so I don't have body dysmorphia, but obviously, like I said to you earlier, everyone has their own little insecurities yeah. and sometimes they beco can become very overwhelming. And um, when I was, it was a couple of years ago now, and someone said to me, write down every compliment that you get. Mm -hmm. And um, I think their suggestion was write it and put it in a jar over the year. Every compliment, it could be the smallest thing, it could be, I like your outfit today, your hair looks nice today. Mm -hmm. Write that down and put it in a jar. And over the course of a year, you will see all those compliments building up in this jar. And also, your mentality changes mm -hmm. because you start to you start to pick up on them more. Well before, someone will go, oh, I like your hair today. And you'll just go, oh, really? And you yeah. move on and you forget that. If, you, if you're making a little note of it, then you are you're acknowledging that and you're kind of acknowledging those positivities but also it's important to acknowledge the positive comments on your personality so people will say to me oh you know you're really confident I don't feel confident but yeah. I get told a lot that I am confident and the more people tell me I'm confident the more confident I act yeah you step into it more yeah because like, you're focusing on the other yeah you feed things. off it or you know, a lot of t people say to me, I'm quite bubbly, and I don't feel bubbly, but yeah. I, I think I put on that persona for such a long time that actually, yeah, I am a bubbly person, that I've <laughs> become that now, yeah. and that's a good thing. And I think acknowledging those and making a note of the comments people say about your personality as well, you just start to notice, A, you know, people compliment you. Like, yeah. people do. Forget the people, but that one person in the year who has said that negative thing. It's looking at the, t like, the sorts of people as well. Like, the yes. people giving you, like, I've found, like, the people that give me compliments in my life are people that I'm always around and I respect yeah. them and I love them. And the they, people that you care yeah, about. Yeah, you care about them, they know who you are. Whereas, like, these comments that would come, like, off the cuff from people are people that now I look back, I'm like, well, I wouldn't respect an opinion from them anyway, because why would you come up to someone and say that? Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Why does it matter what that person thinks? Yeah. I mean, it can get a bit trickier. Because, yeah, of course. Like, obviously, that's not always the case. Like, there, there are little things that might have been said in your childhood or growing up where those little one-liners will stick with you. Yeah. Even though it was, like, a joke or an off-cuff thing. Yeah. Like, you don't realise that you internalise those things. And I was quite like a, a sensitive child in a way okay. like I was quite 
uh, soft-spoken and mild. And when you're like younger, growing up, you don't realize there's strength to that. There's strength to yes, like definitely. being in your emotions. So like a lot of that stuff was just kind of realizing. I don't need to be anxious about that. I don't need to be constantly sterilizing everything and being the most outgoing person or what you think other people want from you. Uh, so it's just like, I looked now that I'm looking back, I'm like, well, I, I love who that person is and I want to keep that. You know, yeah. you've got to keep who you are, whether that's someone that's going out to parties all the time or whether that's someone that keeps themselves to themselves and you're happy. And, like, you've just got to figure out what's right for you and stand by that, not trying to do things that you think is like the right thing to do or this is what people want from me. So it's yeah. like just really figuring out who you are. I think that's interesting because one thing that I always thought about myself, so this is kind of a personality trait and I always hated that I was chatty and mm. I was always told from a young age, like, oh, you're a little chatterbox. Or, <laughs> yeah. And they, people meant it as like a, not as an insult. It was just true. I was a chatterbox. Yeah. And I hated that about myself. I wanted to be one of those sweet little girls who sat in the corner of the room and got on with their work and kept to themselves mm-hmm. and was kind and sweet and soft natured yeah i just wasn't that and it's, i'm still not that now it's your perception of like what you think the best thing to be is yeah you know I mean? and then my friends say to me oh, i'm so jealous of you you're so confident and chatty mm. and bubbly and outgoing and actually as i've got older i've started to see that's a good thing yeah like it's a good we can't all be the same we can't all be the quiet little sweet girl in the corner or the sensitive you know you're sensitive and that's that can be such a strength yeah that can make you more empathetic to people and kind and it's definitely a strength now like um i've kind of realized that uh being an open person and talking about emotions and stuff like that's not a weakness and i wouldn't you know, I wouldn't let someone walk over me for it, but of course, no. like you've got to be open and connective, and you just kind of learn how to step into yourself a bit more. And I think like that is almost a positive of going through these mental health issues with body dysmorphia yeah. and anxiety. Is it's really shown me what's important about people and about my character and like all of this stuff. So like I take a lot of positives from it because it showed me a lot along the way. So I think one thing that kind of interests me about what you're saying is that journey of going from this uh, this teenager who felt really insecure about how they looked and obviously you suffer from body dysmorphia yeah. um, into the person you are now. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I had no idea that you had gone through that because I see the confident you today. Yeah. Um, so was there kind of like a standout moment or was there was it a long process? Like how did you kind of go through that journey? It is, I mean, it's a constant process. It's continuous. There, there are elements of body dysmorphia and anxiety that I still have to this day. Like, it doesn't just randomly disappear. There's yeah. not like a, I think that's something to mention. Like, it's not like click your fingers and it's healed. It's, it's constant little steps that you're putting in place to move towards. Like, for me, it was like, the way that I'm living right now, I'm not getting the most out of my life. I'm not getting what I want out of it. I can't go to a beach and take my t-shirt off. I can't. So I knew that I was being held back from things that I wanted to do. Okay. So I was like, well, I I don't want to stay like this. So I need to find like little steps I can take forward that's going to help me and push me out of my comfort zone in a way that I feel comfortable with, but that's also going to help me. So when I was obviously younger, I knew that part of that was um, just in confidence and in my interactions with people because with... Uh, body dysmorphia and anxiety like I hid it a lot of the time so the person that I was projecting to people wasn't completely me yeah so especially when I was like 16 I started going out all the time and I started drinking quite a lot and um at the time I'm just like oh this is social this is what I should be doing but 
then I kind of started to realise, no, I'm using this to, like, mask how I'm feeling. I'm masking how awkward I feel in these situations. Yeah. So it was like, oh, how do I start moving away from that? And the first the first kind of thing for me was realising that the environments that I were, that I was in didn't really match me because I wasn't being myself. Yeah. If that makes sense? Yeah. So I was like, even, like, all the people I was hanging around with, the kind of things I was doing, like, uh, what I would do with my friends, like, going out and drinking all the time. Yeah. Like, it was acknowledging that actually... I always feel a bit uncomfortable in those situations because it's not really what I want to be doing. And like having that realization first is important yeah. because then you can kind of see like, well, this isn't right for me. What, what is right for me? What kind of stuff do I like doing? I was always a very creative person growing up. I liked, um, I like made magazines when I was a kid, did radio oh, cool. stuff. Yeah. So like, that was always like a big passion of mine. And then I was like, well, this kind of stuff is mocked in the group of friends I'm in. So I'm like, I need to start moving away from that. Like, you couldn't even really have, like, a, a genuine deep conversation because everyone in that group themselves were running from things. That's why everyone was drinking every weekend, you yeah, know? So yeah. it was acknowledging the environment, acknowledging what I wanted from my life and then taking those little steps forward. So um, when I first came to uni, that was, yes. like, a big step for me. Yeah. Because uh, even I didn't even really think about it. I didn't think about living with people and how that would make me feel because... Uh, like I just thought oh it'd be fine and then I got into the environment and realized all these things are still very much there like I wouldn't go out of my room without making sure I'd spend like hours looking a certain way okay um but then you just kind of think right this is a small step I'm gonna take this for what it is I'm gonna like get ready a little bit less today and then go out and see everyone I'm just gonna make sure I'm in a communal area a little bit more so it's it's kind of different for everyone I guess but for me it was just like seeing the opportunities and the environment to take a little step forward where I would usually try and hide something or cover it up it's like can I use this in a way that's going to benefit me so rather than hiding away for the whole day can I just take one step back days come out and do something I wouldn't normally do yeah even though no one else is knowing I'm doing that yeah. I know I am and you're taking a little step that's comfortable for you because it's already in your own environment you're like because when you have this when you have anxiety and body dysmorphia you're always hiding things and away from people because you want them to perceive you as like quote with quotation marks normal. Yeah. So you're like I would always do little things where people wouldn't notice it. So it's just like taking those little steps to undo that and then move more into like who you want to be and that kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's interesting talking about going to uni actually because mm-hmm. that was something I wanted to um, pick up on because obviously we knew each other from yeah. from being at uni together. Um, and you, going to uni was something I never thought I'd be able to do. Um, I was very ill when I was 16, 17. Mm. Um, and when everyone, all my other friends were talking about going travelling or going to uni, that was something that I was not ready to do. Yeah. Um, and I did have counselling, but even after the counselling, I wasn't quite there. Um, so I worked for a couple of years and also I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I worked for a couple of years. Um, when I was 21, I did um, come to uni to do journalism. As I know. <laughs> <laughs> um but I think there's that really important idea that even coming to uni, I knew that there were things that would push me too far. Yeah. And I identified those and I actually said, no, I'm not going to do that. So I was very fortunate in that in my first year at uni, I didn't have to go into halls. Yeah. Because halls was something that I, I knew I would not be able to cope with. But I think sometimes like I know people who lived at home for the first year of uni yeah. or who maybe had a small house share instead of being in halls with lots and lots of people mm-hmm. um and I think that often there's that idea of pushing yourself 
too far. Yeah, for sure. I think it's important to know your own boundaries. That like it's you need to kind of look within and yeah. like highlight where those areas are. Like you need to make sure that you're equipped and aware of what these things are. Because like for me, I spent a long time not even realizing I had a problem. You know, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that I was constantly thinking I was fat and I wasn't I was like anorexic I didn't know these things were there yeah so you it's really important to kind of just be truthful with yourself like it's only you like you don't need to say it to other people if you don't want to but at least be honest with yourself and you know acknowledge these things and know where you stand with them and how you feel and why yeah and then you're more equipped to deal with these situations like is that too much for me is that going to push me too far I mean a good example of this for me is when I was um like 16 17 I think I already mentioned, like, I'd go everywhere wearing a coat and a shirt. For me, it was too much to just take that off. Like, I knew I'd do it. So uh, how I kind of built up to that point was just, uh, I just made sure I was comfortable with the people I was with, you know. I started to change my friendship group a little bit then. I was friends with Sam back then, who's on our course. So like, shout. Yeah, shout out to Sam. Because <laughs> I don't even know if Sam knew about it. He might have. But we would go out a lot, and I'd always be wearing a shirt. And eventually, like... He was, like, always quite good with me, even though I don't know if he yeah. knew about that. But he'd be like, oh, just like, take it off or whatever, it's fine. Um, And then because I felt more comfortable with who I was with, I started to be like, right, I can just trial this out. I can, like, do it one time, see how I feel. And then I built up... This is actually a really good story because I built up the courage to do it. I was like, right, I'm just going to wear a T-shirt for this night. Like, it's fine. Like, I'll just see how I feel. I brought, like, a shirt with me just in case, like, I wanted to put it on, you know, just yeah. to, like, cover yeah. myself because you don't want to be, like, having to leave or overwhelmed. And then I got to this party and one of my, this girl from school was there and she ended up having like a breakdown halfway through the night because of similar reasons. And then I was going through the same sort of thing at the same time. And I actually spoke to her not that long ago, like the other day, and she mentioned this time. And I was like, oh, how like crazy how things link up like that. But it's um, just, yeah, that was like taking a little step out of my comfort zone. And then once I got there and I was wearing it, like no one even noticed. Like No. no one was looking at me. No, like people, I what I thought in my head that people were noticing about me isn't what they were actually noticing. Yeah. They were happy to just like see me, and they yeah. wouldn't have mattered if I was there at a shirt, a onesie, like if yeah. I had done my hair. Do you know what I mean? They're like, just happy for your personality. Yeah, they're just happy to see you. And I think part a lot of it was, especially getting a bit older, because after that point, I made friends with like those different people. I was out drinking a lot, and it wasn't really. Then you kind of cut off from it, and you're not talking about your emotions yeah. again. Yeah. But it's like making sure you are around the right sorts of people for you. And yeah. like not everyone is. And it took me a long time to figure out like, oh, I don't feel comfortable in this environment for a reason. So just move away from it. Yeah. And it's not always, it's hard to separate anxiety and stuff from just like who you actually are sometimes. Yes. So it's, that's why it's really good to like look at this stuff because some environments you might not want to be in just because it's not right for you. Yeah. It's nothing to do with your anxiety, but anxiety can make you think it is. So yeah. I'm I'm not a big drinker, for example. Yeah. I will go on a night out maybe once, twice a year. That's not... I used to think that was because I was anxious. And in some ways, yes, it is. But also, I don't really enjoy it. Yeah, so it's like it's, it's yeah. two kind of roles to it. Yeah, you know? I go on a night out and it's, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. okay once in a while. But I'd much rather spend my Saturday nights watching TV or going to see a film or going out for dinner... Yeah. With my close friends or my boyfriend or my mum or my dad. And I think there is that process. I think that comes as you get older of going, yeah. actually, I don't like doing that. 
and well, that's fine. Once I could walk into that sort of environment and know my anxiety wasn't playing me up and that wasn't the issue, then that's when you can yeah. make the, the choice where you're like, oh, this actually isn't the right environment for me. I can start I'm not feeling anxious this. and I'm still not enjoying it. Yeah, so like <laughs> it's, it is really important to like really look at yourself for that reason because you it's really difficult to separate things otherwise because everything's just so meshed together. You kind of need to pull them apart and then figure yourself out in that way, which yeah. was what really helped me. Um, but still, like an example of pushing myself too far during that time, I was taking these little steps. But when I got to eighteen, everyone was going through that phase of going on like lads' holidays and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And I went away when I was eighteen, even with it was actually I went away with good friends. I went away with people that I went to primary school with. Okay. But none of them realised how bad my body dysmorphia was and anxiety. And yeah. going on holiday was too much for me because okay. I'd never been to a beach and took my t-shirt off. I'd never been around a pool and like sunbathed. That. And I didn't realise at the time that that was a new environment for me and it was going to be too much. I had no yeah. idea. And then I got there and it was just a lot for me to deal with. So like when I kind of realised, oh, that's too much, then over like the years I've just kind of took little steps like in my own ways kind of help with that. Yeah. I'm like, right, well, you know, I've, like this summer, for example, this is one of the later things I kind of got over. And I, I went to do Camp America and met like some of the best people I've ever met. Like it just was so like, organic. I felt no anxiety with them as people which I guess is important as well yeah. because like when you feel comfortable with people as you should, like us, who your friends should be, then when I went to that beach, I could take my T-shirt off. I still felt like uncomfortable to like yeah. get up and like, run around or whatever, but it was a step that I'd never done before. Yeah. And um, I went like and took my T-shirt off on that beach and got in the water and I've got a photo of that. Like it was just like a big uh, moment for yeah. me, even though no one would have known it was, but it's finding a way to take a step that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. So like going on holiday and doing it that way was the wrong step for me. Like it, it was too much. Yeah. But building it up like in that way, because I was abroad in America, like these little steps were coming up. I was like, well, I can choose to take this little step because I feel comfortable with that. Yeah. So I think it's just, it's always important to kind of go after like what you want to do in life and where you want to be. And then these kind of opportunities will come up in your environment to take a step in the, in, the, in the right direction for you and just take those steps like when you feel comfortable with it. Yeah, I think something I talk about a lot is like achievable goals. And like for me, especially in my third year of uni, obviously, there's lots, lots to do. Um, and I think something that I've learned is when to say yes and when to say no. Yeah. And some people in my class uh, can work every single day of the week and can, you know, they're doing everything and I constantly compare myself and think I should be doing that I should be doing more I need to do more I need to do more but actually learning from how I was at a level when all I did was work I made myself very ill and I didn't get the grades I wanted yeah well now I've gone into third year of uni and I actually say no to stuff sometimes and I say actually tomorrow I need to take the day off yeah, well, you must be and doing I'm getting, better for it. I'm getting so much better grades <laughs> yeah, now yeah, yeah. because I'm actually, I'm in control. I feel better in myself. And when I do work, it's of a lot better standard because I'm rested, I'm happy, I'm healthy, and my mind is clear. Yeah. And I think something definitely, like, in school and at university, and also when I was working, it's something, achievable goals is something that, I found really important in yeah, terms sure. of controlling and achieving. Yeah, I, I've spoken to people recently who um, like have similar issues to me, and one yeah. of the things I find like it's it's hard because when you're in like the full grips of it, that's all you know. Like yes. you don't you don't feel like change is possible for you. And I'm a prime example of that. It's only in the last couple of years where I've realised, oh, I'm not special. Like I am just like everyone else. Like <laughs> I can 
feel like self-love myself and yeah. I can genuinely feel that. And that's that's and a good thing. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. like it's so easy to feel like you're the only person and like it doesn't matter all of the things that you read, all of the things that you hear, you can still feel like, well, that's not me. Like this is still something I'm going yes, through. Yes, definitely. So I just feel like it's important to kind of say these little steps and these little things are ways that you can test the water yourself and see that response yeah because a lot of the time like especially when I was younger and in the grips of anxiety and all of this you don't read like the way that you think people in like are gonna interact with you or what they're thinking about you like it's so warped and you're overthinking it that mm. it's just not the reality of it and once I started like getting out there and like speaking to people and doing these little steps that I could do I realized very quickly like this isn't what I thought it was gonna be and that's why it's so important to like go through your own experiences like not just to, to, I mean, it's important to like, have knowledge and read up on these things and know what's affecting you and where it comes from, but it's also really important to like take these steps yourself and have these little experiences because ultimately that's what's going to help you as a person and yeah. not, you know what I mean? It's going to be different for everyone. So make, if you go through these little steps and experiences, like that's where you're going to see the change in your own life. And that's just what I would say because it's, it's so hard otherwise because you're like, well, that's not my specific experience or, and it's just like, you know get out there make those steps find out who you are and what you want to do and that's when you'll see the the changes in your own life through that kind of those boundaries and those those steps I would say the best thing that I ever learned was mindfulness it was about like the neuroplasticity of the brain and how when you're in anxiety and you're in stress it releases real chemicals into the body and it makes you feel a certain way like tangibly it's not yeah. just your brain doing something like you have all of these chemicals and hormones and you that are also going with that state of mind yeah and when I was reading up on mindfulness I got into meditation and my family are quite spiritual anyway and I've always thought meditation it does nothing for me I don't get it I would like shut my eyes and I just wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't get the point yeah. of it and then a couple of years back I've come across a um it was just like an article explaining the importance of meditation for you with anxiety and this kind of stuff and it enables you to create a mind space where you can let things like come and go in your environment without reacting to them. Yes. So like understanding how to get into a space of like non-reactiveness and just like a, a complete headspace of clarity and just letting things happen and fall away. That kind of mindset really I've carried through with me in my day to day. And if anything comes up that triggers me, I know that I'm not going to immediately like spiral or be reactive to it because of these like the breathing techniques and just having a state of mind that you kind of learn through meditation that can really benefit that. And I think that's why it's good because mindfulness is science coming to schools now and that that kind yeah. of practice is just so good for your, for your brain because it keeps you in that state of mind then where you can deal with these things a lot better. So that would be my top tip for that. That actually, that um, it's really interesting you say that because this is not a hashtag ad, I wish it was, <laughs> but... Um, there's an app called a Headspace. Yeah, I use that. That yeah. is just amazing. And anyone with a disorder or without a disorder, but just who uh, needs better controlling their thoughts, I would say, or yeah. just taking a little bit of time out for them, I would highly recommend. My counsellor recommended it to me years and years ago, and I think it's fab. Yeah. I mean, especially with anxiety, where you, you're, yes. you're constantly thinking, it really helps me turn off, so it's good Yeah, and focus on one thing instead of a million yeah. thoughts. We talk a lot about uh, maybe our tr troubles that we have with our mind or um, issues that we have mentally. Yeah. Um, but a little bit of a curveball because I didn't prep you for this question. Okay. Um, but what is a great thing that you have been able to achieve because of your mind? Because of my mind? I would say that the best thing I've been able to achieve was 
Um, even though it's, I don't think people would think that it's a big achievement. That's great, though. That's what I like. Yeah, it was just uh, when I, I worked in Portugal in first year of uni and I went away uh, for the sole intention of building my confidence because I knew I'd have to get on a stage and deliver a welcome meeting to like hundreds of new guests. Wow. It was just like I was at a point where I was like, OK, I'm ready to push myself out of my comfort zone to like show myself that I can do it. And I knew that'd be good for my mind. Um, so that like thinking about doing that and the process of getting there and then getting up and doing it, um, I would say that was my, my best achievement with my mind because then it kind of confirmed to me like I can do anything as long as I yeah. take the take these little consistent steps to doing it. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mike. Any time, I really enjoyed this. <laughs> it's been nice having a little natter with my mate, and yeah. uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. You have been listening to My Mind, the podcast with me, Rochelle Discane. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you are following our socials, My Mind Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And let us know what you thought of this week's episode. Join us next time where I'll be talking a different mental health issue with a different guest. So have a lovely week and I'll see you then.